Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen. I am coming to you from my Platinum Coach studio, which right now happens to be in Montana. And I am enjoying a beautiful morning. We are at the Billings Saddle Club and it is right in the middle of Billings, Montana in town. And it is the most beautiful setting. Gosh, it's just a beautiful view. It's unbelievable. Sometimes I I can't believe this is my job. So anyway, this morning, oh, I got lots of topics to talk about. You know, we've had, we've done 85 or 90 episodes, something like that. And I just can't believe, you know, when we started out, I didn't know if I would be able to come up with material for five episodes, much less you know, 85. And it's just uh, kind kind of parallels my career. You know, I'm 40 years into this deal. And I'm, I just keep learning every day. It's just every day I learn something. And every day I'm like, I have people that come to my clinics year after year. And I get the comment all the time This this one was even different than the last one. And I'm glad it's that way. And I'm glad that the industry just keeps getting better and Im- improves and there's more resources out there. And because it's better for the people coming up, it, it's better for the horses. It, it's just, uh, we're just really in a good spot right now. I think there's a lot of good information out there. There's a lot of good people out there trying to help others. That's really neat about what's happening in our industry. That's why I love the Western industry. Gosh, I get to work with good people great people everywhere I go. And I know I've talked about that before, you know, but I just, every time I work with a new group, it just reminds me of, you know, these are just hardworking, blue collar workers, good people. They're trying to do a good job. They're trying to get better. It's just like at this clinic, I have a bunch of people that are really advanced, you know, and, and they're here trying to smooth out a rough edge, trying to trying to learn one thing that can make their program better. Because here's the thing about your program. It's all about your program or your system. It's all about the day-to-day. As we're going through the exercises, just our level one exercises, our fundamental foundation principles. As we go through those exercises, you can see the look in some trainer's eyes where they're getting frustrated because the response isn't perfect. It's not going to be perfect the first day. I mean, write it down. You're not going to be the first person that does a new exercise that you've never done and your horse has never done. And it's going to be perfect the first day. Now, you know, as human beings, we want instant gratification, right? Instant gratification. Well, sometimes that wanting instant gratification 
creates long-term remorse. You know, there was a period of my life where I lived that. I, I proved that theory right there. Anytime you're working on something, something new, and it may be, not be new to you, but there were several horses in this clinic yesterday that were three, four, five-year-olds. Those horses haven't been alive long enough to have been exposed to everything. That's the difference between a horse that you've had for 10 years and a horse you've had been riding for one year. The, the horse that you've been riding for a year, like these three-year-olds, maybe they've been rode a year. Some of them probably have, some of them probably had 60 or 90 rides on them. Those horses that haven't, they, they haven't been around long enough to have been exposed to understand everything you're asking them to do, you know? And so when, when you get frustrated that it doesn't happen immediately, I mean, really and truly, when you step back and think about it, that's, that's just silly on our part that we even expect that, but that's the way we're wired, you know, that, that's, that's understanding the difference in humans and horses and understanding that some of the things that make us really good in other aspects of our lives and our businesses are kind of a liability when it comes to training horses, or or at least that's how it is for me. I'm, I'm not going to throw everybody else into that group because there might be somebody out there that says, no, that doesn't fit me. And, and if it doesn't, great. But for me personally, that's kind of how it works, you know, in my world. I, I have to really separate my business life, running my business, and training my horses. Because you could say, well, training horses is your business. Yeah, it is. Training part is what generates the income to operate my facility and pay my bills and pay for improvements, pay for repairs. But at the same time, the business side of it is taking care of all those things the training side of it is communicating with my horses and sometimes that separation is challenging i mean challenging one of the biggest challenges was understanding that and understanding that the strengths on the business side can become my weaknesses on the training side if i don't change my philosophy and the way i look at things once i once my foot steps in that stirrup. The other day I was watching a video that a friend of mine sent me and a good cowboy, I mean a really good cowboy, good hand, one of my best friends. And he's riding a colt that's in a sale and this horse is really trying and he's really, you know, he's really got him riding good, but everything he was doing, you know, in my opinion, and, and him and I talked about it and I told him, because he's on the cowboy side of it. I mean, he they ranch. They use their horses for a job. And he ropes really good. You know, on the colt side of it, as far as this horse is actually in a faturity sale, a sale where they're selling barrel faturity horses, you know, and he, obviously I've rode a lot of barrel faturity horses. And he was asking me, you know, what he needs to do different. And, and the only thing I told him was just, just slow things down, just slow it down, soften your horse. When you slow down yourself, 
you're going to give that horse a little more time to think and feel. As far as getting the responses he wanted, he, he was doing it. I mean, and does a great job. Like I said, this you know, he's one of my best friends. He's a great cowboy. But sometimes those colts, you know, the running bred colts, you, you think about this. We've bred those horses. You know, it used to be it took a really fast horse to run 30 miles an hour. And now we've got horses that run 35 to 40 miles an hour. Crazy fast. Speed running is a flight response that's a reactive response okay so the way i look at that is that we've just bred more of the flight instinct into those horses you know when they go to running fast it's like we've bred more of the flight instinct it's like we've got more of that to control and now controlling that thinking side helping that horse flip that switch to the thinking side of their brain has become more and more and more important. As my career continues, that has just become more and more and more important because just like with this horse that that he was riding, you know, there were times that horse got a little bit reactive. Well, having that trigger to flip that switch back to the thinking side of their brain is when you're doing a job or doing a task, which running around three barrels is a task, going and roping a calf is a task, roping a steer is a task. There has to be a trigger in there at some point where whether it's just your hand picking up or the feel of your body, where that horse knows what's coming next and it flips that switch back to the thinking side of their brain. I'm the world's worst. When I'm roping on one, I drop my hand. I ask them for everything they've got. I think effort is trained. Horses give what is expected of them. And so when I ask, I am going to ask for all you've got. To me, that's stimulating the reacting side of their brain because you're stimulating that flight instinct the flea instinct that's just become more and more and more important i saw it a lot in horses yesterday you know like i told one trainer i said you know when you're when you like the way your horse is acting they're probably using the thinking side of their brain and when you don't they're using the reacting side because she was we were talking about how you need to be aware of the mindset of your horse and, and I feel like it's really important in all disciplines, but I feel like in speed events, it becomes more important or maybe it just shows its ugly face more than some of the other events. But I know, like I have friends who are cutting horse trainers and heard them talk about horses where they were hooked onto a cow and then the sucker just flipped that switch and run off or just you know, left that cow. Well, that switch in that horse's brain flipping from the thinking side to the reacting side. And I think in all disciplines that shows up, but I think in the speed events, it really shows up. With these horses, it's our job to develop their potential mentally and physically. And to me, I spent 
you know, 25, 30 years ago, I think all I was focused on was developing their physical potential. And I wasn't as in tune or aware of the the mental progression, the mental development. And now I'm starting to think it's about 90-10. I mean, if I can develop these horses mentally, help them reach their potential and get within 90% of having them developed mentally, the rest of it'll come. As far as physically what this horse is doing, you know, I've come to realize that it's all about that communication with that muscle that's about the size of my fist in their brain. Everything we do has to go through that process. I mean, we send a signal, the signal is transmitted to their brain, the brain sends the response. I mean, you know, that's what we're communicating with. You know, just a simple exercise that we were doing yesterday that I think sometimes is misunderstood is just tipping your horse's nose and whatever path that horse's nose is taking, I want the front feet to follow that same path. It doesn't make any sense to me for their nose to be in one place and their front end go in a different direction. Because if you do that, everything we're trying to do is to control that horse's feet. I need to be able to stop my horse's feet and I need to be able to guide that horse right or left, forwards, backwards, right and left. Well, your horse's body will not move unless the feet move. So just that simple exercise of your horse understanding that the tip of that nose means those feet need to follow. Everything with these horses is about controlling their feet, you know, controlling speed and direction. Well, you can't control speed and direction unless we can control their feet. It's just like yesterday we were doing one rain stops and, and I had one person ask me, well, why, you know, why do they need to come to a complete stop when you're doing your one rain stop? You know, she was, she was happy with them just basically kind of slowing down. My philosophy and my theory is, is if my horse doesn't understand that I can stop his feet at any moment, I don't think I have control of his feet. Because to begin with, if you're going to have control of your horse's feet, the first thing you need to be able to do is stop their feet. You've got to be able to stop your horse. And then the other benefit there is your horse has to understand that there's a release in that stop. That's why when you do a one rein stop, a correct one rein stop, you know, the two responses that we're looking for is number one, your horse's feet have to stop moving. Number two, they got to get off that bridle. Even if they get off the bridle first and their feet are still moving, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to sit there, hold it, hold it until those two responses come together to where I have their feet dead still and they get off that bridle and then release. Because there's a release there, then that horse is going to hunt that release. That horse is going to seek the release. The release in this situation, 
the release is the only thing you have that tells your that horse that's what i wanted that's the response i was looking for if you go to ask for that response and that horse never stops moving its feet and then you release and go to something else you really didn't have control of their feet now you slowed them down a little bit but but you really didn't have control of their feet everything you do before you start you have to think about okay when i do this what's the release what's the release because in everything we do there has to be a release because that the horse that's what that horse is seeking so it's just like going back to the simple exercise of of asking your horse to move forward and follow its nose simple exercise you'd be surprised how many people can't do it simple exercise squeeze your horse forward tip their nose front end needs to follow that nose i had one horse yesterday where they were asking about loping circles and their horse horse's shoulder just drifts out drifts out drifts out well you're pulling they're drifting in that situation you need to slow down go back to a walker trot and get that horse following their nose do the lateral bending exercise that i teach where we're simply squeezing our horse forward helping that horse follow its nose i don't like when i go to lope a horse i don't ever have a horse i'm not going to say never because never is a strong word but i rarely have a horse when i go to lope circles drift in the circles because of the preparation i've done prior to that if you have that horse following their nose loping a circle and them understanding that if they follow there's a release you you'll rarely have a horse drift and that's so important because here's what we do in this this exercise everybody not everybody but most people want to use their outside rein it's yes you can use your outside rein to pick a shoulder up i'm not saying that but you're way better off if and it goes back to getting more with less you're way better off if your horse understands that when you slightly tip that nose that means follow it because if you've got to go to two hands what happens is you get your horse stiff you get your horse stiff their head comes up their back hollows out then we're front end loaded then everything that i don't want to happen is happening you're way better off if you get that horse following their nose the shoulders should knock out the same path that that horse's nose is in if you tip that horse's nose more that front end should be coming when i'm doing that exercise i'm not a bit concerned about what's happening on their hind end i'm all about just keeping that front end moving if i keep that front end moving and following my horse's nose they have no choice but to be balanced on their hindquarters they have no choice but to if they establish a pivot foot if i tighten up the circle they have no choice but to establish that inside hind leg as a pivot foot and start walking around it with their their forequarters i mean it is 
it is so simple, but it takes time and it takes repetitions and it takes continuous repetitions. And when I start that exercise, I always have people kind of look at me like, I mean, this is basic elementary 101 stuff. But you'd be surprised how few horses do it very good. And they might do it decent at a walk, but then when we go to a trot, all of a sudden everybody's bumping into each other. Well, if that's happening, your horse probably ain't following its nose because I'm pretty sure you're not pointing your horse's nose towards another horse to and have them run into them. Think about that simple little exercise. Squeezing your horse forward, tip their nose. Now, when you tip their nose with that inside hand, whatever direction you're going, let that hand stay down. We're, we're real good about thinking we're going to really shape our horse for a turn. And, and I get that. And I know, I know, you know, everybody teaches it different and that, and that's okay. You've got to figure out what works best for you. But from a horse's perspective, if I can tip his nose to the left and I can tip his nose to the right and he'll follow his nose, well, if my horse isn't going in in a circle the way I want it to, say your horse starts to step in and get tight, use your outside rein. Use your outside rein. Just step your horse over. Don't worry about micromanaging with that inside rein. Use that outside rein. Step those shoulders over. That way you can leave your hands down, you can keep your collection, you can make that transition smooth. Yesterday we worked on an exercise, and I do every every clinic I work on this exercise. It's one of my fundamental exercises of moving the shoulders. Well, when I move a horse's shoulders, there's very little movement, very little change with my body. My one hand, I'll have my horse... I'll have my legs against my horse, riding them up into the bridle, have them in a nice collected position and not holding them there. I just, they're in a collected position, meaning they're off the bridle and they're traveling in a collected position, okay? When I move those shoulders, say I'm going to move my horse's shoulders to the right, all I do is my right hand goes from being in the collect position to being in the lead position and we step over one step, keep moving forward, my hand goes back to the collect position. See, I want that transition in my horses. I want to be able to move their shoulders, change their body position, change their position in relation to an object, which would be a barrel or a steer or a calf. I want to be able to do it with very little movement. And I want the transition to be smooth, and I don't want to lose my collection. I don't want there to be a head elevation, a hesitation, a hop, and then go. Because anymore, we can't lose time every time there's a transition or a change in direction. Those days are over. If you are losing forward motion, losing momentum every time you have a transition, which is a change in direction. And you can call a change in speed a transition as well. And you say, well, when I make a transition and change in speed, I am slowing down. Yes, but there's a difference. 
you can have a change in speed where you almost come to a stop and then you got to go again or you can have a change in speed which is just a smooth transition nice rate and your horse is in position to go again you know coming just like coming out of the box coming out of your turns you know heading the steer and how my head horse moves across the pen those are all transitions they need to be smooth they need to keep your horse in a position to where they can continue the task at hand what we're needing to do the responses that we're looking for you know it's it's so so important every time we pick up that bridle rein it shouldn't cause a head elevation a hesitation a hop anything like that is just killing you it's killing the efficiency of the run you know when we make a run whatever discipline it's in it needs to be smooth i always talk about smooth is always fast smooth is always fast because it's efficient think about those things this week when you're training your horse i've got to sign off thanks again for listening gosh we appreciate all you listeners thanks for all the feedback a lot of you i've seen at clinics this year i've really enjoyed it have a great week of training god bless and as always each and every day be your best hey thanks for joining us on today's show to learn more about the training program that inspired the be your best podcast Head over to philhavenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhavenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.